We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 10. I hope you brought your Bibles with you. I'm going to show you some things in here that maybe you've never noticed. I'm sure you've read it, but you've never really paid attention. Mark chapter 10 We want to speak on the subject of one thing to prioritize. I heard about this man and his wife every time they left town. They'd leave uh, for vacation. They'd get 10 miles outside of town, 20 miles outside, sometimes 50. And the wife would say, honey, there's something nagging me. I can't put my finger on it, but I think I left the iron on. You think? Yeah, I think I left the iron on. So they would turn the car around, drive all the way back to the house, get inside, and sure enough, the iron wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> so this happened to go again on vacation. Six months later, they'd get 30 miles outside of town. I said, honey I, honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think I left the iron on. I, and I don't, I know you hate driving back, but I hate to have the house burned down. We've got to go back. We've got to see. So they drive all the way back, and sure enough, the iron would not even be plugged in. So this goes on and on and on. Finally, one time, they're on a vacation and they're leaving and the wife says, honey, I, I know that this drives you crazy. I know I do this all the time, but I really think I left the iron on. We have to go back and see. And the husband was upset, but he doesn't say a word. He just pulls the car over the side of the road. He gets out of the car. He goes back. He opens up the trunk and he hands her the iron. <laughs> Our text today in Mark chapter 10 centers around a young man. He's called the rich young ruler in the Bible. Matthew is the one that tells us that he's young. Luke tells us that he's a ruler or an aristocrat. The other Gospels tells us that he was rich. The rich young ruler, that was his moniker. I want you to look at all three of those names. He's rich, he's young, he's a ruler, he has everything. He's wealthy, successful, he's powerful, he's got nice things, he's young. In today's world, in today's world, he would be called an influencer. He would have literally millions of fans. But the Bible explains that even though he had everything, that he came searching for something more. He couldn't put his finger on it. 
It was just kind of nagging at him. He was missing something. So he, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus is going to tell him that even though you have everything, you're still lacking one thing. And even if you know this story, which many of you know this story that I'm about to read, the one thing is not really the one thing that you think it is. Let's read through the story and then we'll fill in our outline. Does that sound like a deal? All right, let's read through the story and then we'll break it down. Jesus started out on his way and a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. He said, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared in verse 20, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. He said, there's one thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure up in heaven, and then you come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Why, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed, and they said to each other, Well, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Amen? Amen. I have three major points. Here's the first one we want to look at, the young man's desire. The young man's desire. Think about this young man. He had everything this world had to offer, yet he was still missing something inside of him. And all, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this, that there'll come a point in your life, there will come a point, maybe you're not there now, but there will come some point in your life where you realize that the things of this world really do not satisfy, that you can have everything this world has to offer, but there's still an emptiness in there unless you do not have Christ as Lord. Now let's look again at verse 17, break this down. Jesus started on his way. There was a man who ran. Everybody say the word ran. Well, he runs up to him. Then he falls on his knees. Uh, and then he, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's got questions about eternity. He wants to know he has a lot of stuff, but he still is missing something. He wants to know what else he needs to do to inherit eternal life. Now, I know most of you know this. My name is Dudley, and uh, I've, I've been made fun of my whole life because of my name. People have called me Milk Dud. <laughs> They've called me The Dud. Last week, a lady, well, I was signing books, a lady came out, and she was, I was signing her book. She goes, now, what is your name? I said, well, it's right here on the book. Don't you see it right here? My name, my name is Dudley. So anyway, I've been made fun all my whole life. I want to show you a cartoon character. And uh, this, this was a cartoon when I was a little boy. 
And um, I want to ask a question. How many of you have no idea who this cartoon, what, who that, raise your hand real, real high. Look, 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 oh, it is shameful. <laughs> that is shameful that you do not know who this handsome man is right here. This was the cartoon going all the back when I was in elementary school. His name is Dudley Do-Right. He was a dim-witted Canadian Mountie lawman. He solved crimes, but he never really solved them. His horse normally solved the crime, and he took the credit for it. So get that off the page there. But I was called Dudley Do-Right growing up. I was called Dudley Do-Something, Dudley Do-Wrong, Dudley This, Dudley That was terrible my whole life. I'm going to make an announcement that I've studied this story my whole life. And something dawned on me this week. We really do not know the name of the rich young ruler, but I believe (laughs) that his name is Dudley Do-Right. That's what I believe. You say, why do you say that? Well, because he was always doing the right thing. He came, think about this, he came to the right person. Who did he come to? He came to Jesus, the right person. He came at the right time. When did he come? He he came when he was young. It's always best to come to Jesus when you're young. Uh, Because the later you wait, the odds of you coming to Christ are smaller and smaller. So he came to the right person at the right time. He came with the right energy because he ran up to Jesus. And then he came with the right attitude. He got down on his knees. He humbled himself. He knelt before Jesus. And then he asked the right question. He had concerns about his eternity. He's a good guy. He wants to do right. Now we really don't know his name, but we do know that he had acquired all the things of this world, he was still lacking something. He couldn't put his finger on it. So he comes to Jesus, which is always a good thing because only Jesus can satisfy the longings of your heart. And Jesus, write this down, responds by pointing. Everybody say pointing. He points. And he says to the young man, You know the commandments. And he lists them in verse 19. I've read them. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And Dudley Do-Right responds in verse 20. He says, Teacher, all these I have kept since I was a wee lad. Now, I want to stop right here because as a believer, as a pastor, as a Christian, knowing the Bible, I have to pause here because something is wrong with this picture. Why would Jesus tell someone that in order to go to heaven that you have to keep the commandments in order to find eternal life? We all all know, if you're a student of the Bible, that no one ever makes it into God's kingdom by obeying rules and regulations. What was Jesus doing when he pointed out the commandments? Well, every Jewish person in Jesus' day knew the Ten Commandments and could say them as easily as you can count to ten. 
If I ask you to count to 10, you could count to 10 with your eyes closed. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There would be no effort on your behalf because as easily as you can count to 10, every Jewish person could quote the Ten Commandments. Now, you know of the Ten Commandments. Maybe you memorized them when you were a child. But if I had you stand up right now and list all ten, the odds are most of you couldn't say the ten, even though you're familiar with the ten. But trust me, this rich young ruler knew the Ten Commandments, and that's why Jesus just said, you know the commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments are divided into two tablets or two sections. We can imagine Moses coming down with the two tablets. We don't, I don't, we don't know but we've always, in the photographs, we have five and one and five on the other. That makes ten. But probably one of the tablets had four and one of the tablets probably had six. You say, why do you say that? Well, because the Ten Commandments can be broken into two halves. The first four are vertical commandments. They have to do with our relationship with God. They're vertical commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me you cannot make any graven images of god you're not to use the lord's name in vain number four you're to remember the sabbath and keep my day the lord's day holy the first four commandments are vertical commandments but the last six the second set the second section are horizontal rules they have to do with our relationship in dealing with one another and if if you're paying attention and if you know all ten commandments you would have noticed when jesus read those commandments you would have noticed that he intentionally left one of the six out did you notice which one he left off probably not because you don't really know the ten commandments (laughs) but here's the list i'll show it to you These are the horizontal commandments. Well, let's see which one he left off. You can look at verse 19. He said these words, do not murder, check. Do not commit adultery, check. Do not steal, check. Do not give false testimony or fraud, check. Honor your father and mother, check. Which one did Jesus deliberately leave off? The one that says, do not covet. Now, what is coveting? Coveting is where you have this desire to acquire everything that everybody else has. Where you're never, ever satisfied with what you have now. There's just this desire, this longing to acquire material possessions which never truly leave you satisfied. Now, I want you to write this down. Jesus will always probe your heart to expose any competing gods in your heart. Jesus wants to point out to the rich young ruler that, young man, you've got a problem with greed and covetousness. His God was gold. His creed was greed. And there's only room for one God on the throne of your life here's a man he's got an appendicitis but he doesn't know he has appendicitis and so he goes to see his doctor and his doctor lays him on that table 
And the doctor begins to probe and pushes down on his chest around his torso. And finally he gets over that area where that appendix is. And as that doctor pushes down, the man screams and he almost flies off the table. That's exactly what Dr. Jesus does for us. He keeps probing to show us where we have other gods in our lives. And I believe that this very moment that the Holy Spirit is in this room gently probing. And he's asking, what is the one thing? What is the one person? What is the one activity in your life that has become more important to you than the one true living God? The young man has these desires. He's, he has everything, but he's still lacking. So second, my second point is a young man has a decision to make. A decision. Jesus says, you know the commandments. And the young man says, teacher, I've kept all these since I was just a a wee lad. Now look at verse 21. Jesus looked at him and did what? This is very important. He looked at him and did what? He loved him. What does that mean? That means that these words might seem a little hard for you to digest and they might seem difficult for you to hear and even understand. But Jesus is not trying to be harsh. Jesus is trying to love this man. He wants this man to be saved. He wants this man to be fully committed to the kingdom of God. Amen? And so I say these words and they're hard for us to hear. But just know that they were said in a loving way. Jesus turns to the man and says, you need to go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Uh, You're not going to lose your treasure. You're just going to transfer your treasure to heaven. Go and give everything you have. Give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. And then you come and follow me. Wow, what a decision this young man has to make. Because on the surface, it appears that Jesus is telling Dudley Do-Right that you've done a lot of things right in your life. But if you really want to inherit eternal life, there's one more thing you have to do. You're going to have to sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Now, whenever we read this, when I read it, when you read it, when you hear it, we always ask, wow, is Jesus telling me to do the same thing? Do I have to sell everything I own and give it to the poor in order to go to heaven? In order to be a Christian, do I have to take a vow of poverty is that's what is that what's needed is that what jesus is saying and in short answer the short answer is no but there's a caveat and that is unless your riches have become your god the rich young ruler in the bible is the only person that we have jesus and record saying these words to. Nicodemus was a wealthy man. Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man. But Jesus never told them to go sell their possessions because Jesus knew their possessions didn't possess them. But when Jesus looked into the heart of the rich young ruler, he saw that money was his God. And Jesus was simply asking the rich young ruler to get rid of that false God. So Jesus, write this down, loved him by telling him the truth. 
And the truth is, and you've got to get this, that the law can't save. So what that you've kept the law? The law can't save. And even if the law could save, you would be in big trouble because you've broken all of the laws. Think about this. There are people in this room right now listening to me right now. You think you're saved because you're a good person and because you've kept most of the law. You know, you go, well, I've never, and and I, I just want you to know this. You're not as good as you think you are. And neither am I. And the truth is, you haven't just broken a couple of the laws. If we hadn't sat down and had a little discussion, you and I have broken all of the laws. You say, here's the number one argument. Well, I've never murdered anybody. Well, Jesus said, if you have hatred in your heart towards anyone, it's the same as murder. So by that definition, you have broken all the laws. Chances are. This rich young ruler is suggesting that he's kept all the laws all of his life. Jesus is going to show the rich young ruler, you've not only broken some of the commandments, rich young ruler, you're guilty of breaking all of the commandments. You say, how does that work? Well, let me put up this on the screen. The Bible says, Jesus was once asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said that all the laws and all the prophets are summed up by two things. Number one, love God. Number two, love people. And the Ten Commandments, think about this. The first four, the vertical commandments, are summed up with the phrase, love God. And those six horizontal commandments are summed up by loving people. So the Ten Commandments and all the laws summed up, love God, love people. Jesus goes and asks, stay with me. You've got to put your thinking cap on. Jesus goes and says to this fellow, uh, there's one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me. And the rich young ruler can't do it. And so he makes the wrong decision, and he says no. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.